Welcome to Food, Wine, and Whiskey, a podcast about having fun conversations on tasty dishes, vinos, and spirits from around the world. Rob is your host. He is an avid home chef, WSET Level 2 award in wine, and a whiskey drinker and collector. Time to set the table. Here's Rob. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for stopping in for another episode. We are not in the studio today. We are out and about in Houston. We are at one of our favorite places, my wife and I. It is Vinsanto Wine Bar and Wine Shop. And my guest today is the owner of the shop, Ricardo. How are you doing, Ricardo? I'm doing well. Thanks, uh, Roba, for having me. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty thrilled to be part of this uh, episode. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and having a conversation. I hope it's the first of, of several that we can do this a few times, talking about the world of wine, different countries, regions, varieties, and just having some fun conversations. Yes, yes, I'm, uh, I'm ready. So if you can't tell, there's a little accent there. Yes. You're I'm from? I'm, uh, I'm Italian, but unfortunately, after 11 years here in Houston, uh, the accent accent uh, is still there so it's different uh, to to hide uh, this uh, and also i'm moving the hands all the time uh, so you can <laughs> with, see with the me. pinched fingers if you're watching this on the youtube channel you see that yeah yes <laughs> um are you now a texan you've been here over a decade you, are you a yes texan? i'm a i'm a texan y'all and uh, so the reason why i'm here my wife uh, she's from uh, houston and uh, now i'm more uh, texan than uh, her Basically, oh, okay. she created the monster. <laughs> and uh, I love this country. I love uh, Houston, the diversity of this, uh, this uh, city. It's, all, it's my new home now, yeah. and I'm pretty excited to be here. Now, everybody just say, heard you say you're from Italy, from Umbria. Yes, I'm a Perugino from uh, Perugia. That is uh, the main uh, town of, uh, of Umbria. So it's uh, a medieval uh, town famous uh, for uh, Baci Perugina. So I don't know if you are familiar with this, this type of uh, chocolate, but uh, we are uh, so proud to, Absolutely. to be the yeah. home well, of Baci. People can see by the title today, we're going to talk about the Loire Valley in France. Uh, but don't be disappointed, listeners. We're going to have Ricardo back on and, and talk about you know your homeland, Ita- uh, Italy, and yes. talk about Italian wines for sure at yes. some point. Um, so I decided to talk uh, and interact uh, with uh, Rob and the video guys about uh, Loire Valley, just because uh, I want to show that uh, I was trained to be a sommelier here in America, and Guild uh, mm, Master Sommelier uh, gave me. Uh, a lot of knowledge to explain wines, but uh, I studied uh, wines from uh, all around the world. And uh, deep in my heart, there is uh, Loire Valley because uh, my uh, first boss, when I started this job in 2016, uh, was uh, passionate about uh, about Loire Valley, and oh. uh, his name uh, was uh, Thomas Thomas Moss. Uh, he passed some years ago, and then uh, he was uh, kind of my mentor. And uh, I love this uh, this wine region because it's very diverse and pretty similar to the story of uh, Houston. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into it. I think there's, uh, you know, when people hear the Loire Valley, I think a couple of wines jump right out to them of what they're going to get there. But there's a whole lot more you can explore, and we're going to get into that. But before we do... Tell us a little bit. I, I mentioned we're at your place. We're at Vinsanto. Tell us a little bit about your wine shop, your wine bar, and tell us. I always ask guests to come on. It's always a different answer. The journey in wine. How did you get into wine? What made you passionate about it that now, you know, you have a brick and mortar place that people can come in and you get to interact with them about the world of wine? Yeah, absolutely. I started uh, um, in uh, 2000. Uh, and uh, 13 as a wine importer and distributor. I had a very small company for uh, Italian labels, for Italian uh, wineries, that uh, I was the one-man show. I was doing everything. I was uh, working in the warehouse. I was doing, uh, I was pitching, uh, pitching sales, and uh, I was talking with the restaurateur. Then, then I moved, I started to be more uh, involved on the knowledge about wine, so I decided to uh, be 
and sommelier in uh, wine uh, in wine bars and then I was a general manager in a, in a place in West Hill for uh, almost five years. And then uh, I decided, uh, me and my friend uh, Giorgio, to, to start uh, Vinsanto. And uh, we created uh, an LLC with, a s- we are seven uh, business partners. Okay. And uh, we, we decided to launch this uh, European uh, style. It's uh, inspired by Europe, by Italy, by France. It's a wine bar, it's a wine shop, it's, uh, there is also food involved. And uh, it's very eclectic. And, and also you can see from our uh, stream of revenues because they are equally split between retail, between bar, and between uh, food. So, well, you're Italian. If you're going to have wine, there's got to be food around. Correct. <laughs> so wine is a sort of... Uh, um, it's the complement of, uh, of a meal uh, is part of the meal. It's like uh, a curse. So <laughs> you're starting with an appetizer, but then you have the wine. That uh, Also, a glass of wine has a, a decent amount of uh, calories. So for this reason, uh, it's uh, very enjoyable in a table together with other people. It's, uh, and it's part of a kind of a game so when you're drinking wine because then you want to talk you want to make sure that you are pairing the wine with the right type of food yeah i I remember a saying i a phrase or you can tell me if it's true or not that i heard from an italian friend he said if you're if you're drinking through the course of an evening and at some point you start to go wait i think i'm feeling a little you know buzz coming on the rule isn't to, you know, by the Italian rule, it's not to stop drinking, it's to eat more food. Yes, correct. <laughs> so, you, you don't want to drink uh, the, the bottle of wine by yourself in uh, front of TV. So the best way is uh, to share uh, with uh, your wife, your family, your friends. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you're talking a lot, you are consuming a lot of calories. It's uh, like uh, training. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> basically if you're a little buzz, uh, yeah, add more uh, uh, prosciutto or uh, more uh, meat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do want to say, I want to make mention that you and I did a, a video just for YouTube on the YouTube channel, uh, just highlighting your place, Vincento, talking about, you know, what it's like, what you offer here, and uh, a little bit more in depth. So, uh, you know, if you want to go check it out on the YouTube channel, please go do that. Um, the yeah. topic today. The topic, the topic is uh, Loire Valley. Loire yeah. Valley is uh, stretching uh, along the 47th parallel in, uh, in France. It's a cooler climate, northern part of France. is stretching for... Uh, 650 miles is the longest river you can find in France and it's very diverse like I told you Rob a few minutes ago because there are 50 different appellations and this wine region is divided in four sub-regions so pretty cool you have rosé you have bubbles you have white wine you have red wine so it's pretty amazing well, and that's kind of the cool thing about all wine regions. I, I think what I've found as I've explored and, and went through this journey is that, you know, there might be a particular grape that gets you to come in and try the wine there that they're known for. But once you get in there, there's a whole world of different varieties and wines that you can try. And Loire Valley is no different. You mentioned sparkling wines and you mentioned... Uh, well, you haven't yet, but we'll talk about some grape varieties that people might go, I didn't know they used that grape in that region. So that, that'll be cool. Uh, there's still dessert wines that come out of that region. So Correct. it's going to be fun to talk about. Um, but let's start here. You've, you've been to the Loire Valley. Uh, actually, no. uh, I've been to France uh, three times, uh, but uh, it's on my bucket list. Uh, I-, I know very well uh, in my mind uh, when I'm sleeping, uh, I'm uh, dreaming the maps, uh, the wine maps, yeah. uh, the, the vineyards all around the world. Uh, and then uh, it's impressed in my mind uh, the, the, the map of Loire, but uh, I haven't been there. Well, that's one of my questions. And, and you may know just from talking to wine people and people who come in the store and, and have traveled to France, um, is it thought to be, you know, when I think about going to France and I'm going to plan a wine trip, I love wines from the Loire Valley, but it doesn't jump out to me as that's where I'm going to go. Is it a destination for wine tourism? I think about France, I'm going, 
Champagne, Burgundy, yes. Bordeaux, maybe down into the Rhone Valley, yes. Alsace, you know. This is uh, a, a great question because uh, Loire Valley, uh, in my opinion, uh, is kind of uh, underrated, um, especially with uh, the American tourists because uh, they prefer uh, different uh, options. However, Loire Valley, first of all, is considered like the garden of France. It's full of castles, full of chateaux. Um, it's, a, it's amazing. It's a sight to behold. So basically, it's very long. It has a lot of uh, tributaries to the Loire River. And uh, has the perfect condition to grow vines, but also... When you are riding your bike along the Loire River, I think it is one of the, the best vacation that you, you can find in Europe. So. Yeah, and, and you mentioned something, you know, at the beginning of what you said, the chateaus. And, you know, I did a little looking around as far as, you know, what's, what's cool about the Loire Valley. And that's what stood out. I found so much information about these grand chateaus, these properties that are just massive and huge but also the architecture, beautiful. And what was kind of cool about the Loire Valley was when they talked about the chateaus, it was so many different types of architect. You know, it wasn't just cookie cutters that it looked the same everywhere you went. It was so different, which I thought was very cool. It would be a really fun experience to go and travel the region and be able to see all these different chateaus with different architecture styles. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, also Loire Valley has, is a, a place with a, a lot of uh, history. I mean, uh, they, to, they started to grow grapes uh, during the Roman times, but also uh, is the place where Leonardo da Vinci uh, died because uh, was invited by a, a king to, to oh, be really? his uh, personal painter. So... There is another uh, historic person that is uh, uh, Rabelais, uh, that is uh, famous uh, to describe the, the relationship between uh, food and wine. So there, 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 there are uh, a lot of uh, history aspects about this uh, wine, uh, wine region. And if you go, you know, it's France. I mean, food's, food's going to be great. Yes, food is great. A lot of terrains, a lot of uh, uh, pork, a lot of uh, rillettes. So... Yeah, food, uh, food is uh, extraordinary over there. And also diversity and uh, perfect uh, pairing with the wine that we want to talk to today. Okay, cool. Do, do you know, uh, you know, when I think about Italy, I think about the 20 different regions and, you know, foods can be unique to those regions. You know, a lot of the dishes that they have. Is France set up that way or is it more of a... I mean, the a, diversity is a part, a part of uh, the... the of France and uh, for sure uh, this is a happen for uh, cheese so okay. and then uh, one of the rules that is uh, very important for me it's uh, what is uh, grow together can pair uh, yeah. together very well so think about uh, Sancerre that is uh, the most uh, iconic uh, white wine in uh, Loire Valley pair uh, very well uh, with uh, the goat cheese uh, that is uh, chevre that is a uh, pretty uh, popular over there. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Well, I'm, I'm ready to uh, get something in the glass. You ready to Absolutely. drink? Absolutely. No, we are, we, are, we, are, we are thirsty. Yeah. Actually. So. Be- before we, we get the wines and, uh, uh, well, let's do this. Let's pour the wines. Let's get the wines we're going to drink. And then we'll talk about all the wines of the region and uh, a little bit about uh, what else is there besides the, the main wines that you mentioned, Sancerre. Yeah. I'll just throw it out. Cab Franc. I think those are the two when you think red and white. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you think about the Loire Valley, those are the two wines that you think about. But there's so much more yeah. to explore and appreciate. Absolutely. And let's enjoy. have uh, some fun. Okay, let's pour some wines. We'll be right back. Okay, we, we've got some fun wines in front of us. Oh, yeah. So uh, let, let's start by you telling us, talk a little bit about what we're going to open up and try first. So we are going to open uh, a Muscadet, Muscadet Severet Main. Uh, imported by Kermit Lynch the producer is uh, Domain Michel Bregeon and uh, I'm very excited about this wine first of all uh, is a Muscadet but Muscadet is referred to the wine region because the, the grape variety is called Melon B 
or uh, Melon de Bourgogne. Have yeah. you ever heard about that? I have. I've heard of it, but I, I've never had one. And I'm not going to tell you I know a lot about it. I don't. So I'm very much looking forward to, to trying this as well. Good. I, I want to mention, when we talked about this the other day, I, you know, I think when people think, you know, Muscadet or Muscat, they, they think it might be sweet, some residual sugar. And, and we were looking at this. It's 12% alcohol. It's, it's pretty dry, it seems like. Yes. Uh, it's a very lean, uh, sheer, it's light, uh, and uh, also as um, the amount of alcohol that uh, right now because also there is a, a different conversation uh, climate changing uh, right now the uh, the summer are warmer so especially for white wine you have uh, right now more uh, higher amount of al alcohol so it's difficult to find a wine that is uh, under 13.5 14 alcohol by volume. In this case, Muscadet is, uh, is perfect because it's uh, 12 alcohol by volume, good acidity, very high in acidity, I would say, and uh, it's a neutral, the, the grape variety. So it's something that uh, is uh, perfect for the winemaker to give some uh, character. And giving the character to this wine is uh, they are uh, leaving, uh, aging the wine on the lees. What are the lees? The lees are uh, the dead yeast cells that after the fermentation are dropping to the barrel. But not barrel in this case, because uh, I don't want to reveal immediately the, the characteristic of this wine, but uh, this wine is fermented on... Uh, vessel that are glass lined and they are buried so this is a kind of a tradition of this part of Loire Valley and first of all we are in the area surrounding Nantes so we are close to the Atlantic Ocean okay okay and this area there are seven appellations in Pays Nantes Pays Nantes that means the, the land surrounding Nantes and uh, there are seven appellations that uh, they are producing uh, probably 90% uh, white wine, but also you have uh, some rosé and uh, you have uh, also some uh, red. The most iconic uh, uh, appellation is the Muscadet Sevret Main. Sevret Main are uh, two rivers, two tributaries of, uh, of uh, Loire Valley. And uh, this area is uh, famous to have uh, a fantastic soil. So, wine. Again, expression of uh, terroir. So this area is a volcanic soil, is an igneous type of rock, and the, 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 the rock is called Gabro, and then uh, is um, a volcanic uh, magmatic uh, type of uh, soil that is uh, pretty amazing. And then uh, this terroir can give salinity and also minerality to the wine. Okay, you're making me thirsty. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, as you can see, the color of this uh, wine is, uh, is not a deep yellow. It's a kind of uh, translucent. Um, and uh, and uh, you can see also some uh, bubbles, some uh, fizziness. Why? I told you that this wine is aging for six months on the lease. And uh, um, the lease that can give some uh, spritz uh, texture because you have the CO2 that is created during this aging surly. And in fact, you can see on the, the neck of the bottle, surly. Surly means that it's aged on the lease. I'm so it's going to give you a little more body, a little more Correct. creaminess. Correct. Okay. Historically, this wine uh, wasn't very appreciated because uh, they, they, they were preferred Foye Blanche, that is another grape, white grape variety in uh, that area. But then uh, this wine is uh, very good to um, survive during uh, the, the frost, during uh, the cooler weather because we are in uh, close to Nantes so over there we have uh, a maritime and cooler weather and uh, um, yeah I mean this wine uh, then gain popularity especially between the community of a sommelier 
because this wine is uh, the perfect wine to uh, match uh, is an, an idyllic uh, pairing with the oysters and mussels okay so and for sure uh, this one is uh, because it is neutral it's not uh, too complex it's uh, easy to drink but also like you said if you want to add uh, character elegance and um, creamy flavors uh, fatty flavors uh, some richness you have to uh, age this wine on the lease and uh, another fun aspect of uh, of a Michel Bregeon is uh, this producer is uh, doing is uh, aging uh, one of uh, his uh, top wine for uh, seven years. Oh wow! Seven years on the lease, so it's very interesting. And uh, more people, more people should drink more, uh, more uh, uh, Muscadet. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, one thing I'll say about this wine, I, I never had it. I never had this producer. But a stamp of approval for me is when I see Kermit Lynch on a wine that, that he's brought this in. Uh, you know, I always tell folks when, when you're out wine shopping, if you're interested in something and you see somewhere on there that it was brought in by Kermit Lynch, you're pretty safe that that's a, that's a good wine. Absolutely. Um, who the person, who is the company, who are the people that are dictating the trend in the United States about wine, for sure are the importer. The importers uh, or uh, the suppliers uh, and uh, the top importers uh, here in the United States uh, are uh, people like uh, Kermit Lynch, uh, like uh, uh, Neil Rosenthal. Yeah. Mm, and uh, this one is imported by, by Kermit Lynch. It's pretty, and it's distributed by a small company located in uh, Austin and here in Houston is uh, Rustock. So these, these people, uh, they, they care about uh, uh, who's doing the wine. In fact, uh, this one, uh, the, the owner, uh, Michel Perejean, owns uh, only 10 hectares. Wow. It's very, very, small. very small. Yeah. Then uh, he opened the, the winery in 1975. Now he retired. He retired just after the harvest of 2010. And uh, now is um, uh, run by another winemaker, uh, Lele. But... Uh, this, this one is uh, one of the top producers you can find uh, in uh, uh, this uh, western part of uh, Loire Valley. Okay, well, let's, let's uh, can we taste it? Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. And then uh, color, we, we described the color uh, that is um, kind of uh, a pale uh, yellow, almost a straw. And at the nose, uh, you have these uh, beautiful notes of uh, lemon. Uh, it's bright, it's a lot of salinity. And then uh, just uh, a, a touch of uh, green herbal notes. But for sure, this wine is not uh, aromatic. Aromatic like it can be yeah. a, a Sauvignon Blanc or a, a Riesling. It's pretty um, neutral. It's more similar uh, on the category of uh, Chardonnay, eh? I would say. But when uh, you are uh, uh, sipping and swallowing this wine, immediately... You can feel this. Uh, uh, You're gonna say acid, beautiful acidity. Yes, yeah, for sure. That jumps out a ton, but it's very bright. It's refreshing on the palate. When I when I nose it, to your point, I felt like it's you know not super aromatic, but I felt like as you nose it, you can kind of tell that lees. You know that it's got some richness on the nose to me. But when you put it on the palate, I mean, it's just very bright and refreshing, and that acidity, yeah, just kind of hits you really good. Correct. And then uh, think uh, about, I uh, mean, me and Rob, uh, we, we, we love uh, wine, we love uh, food, but uh, think about uh, to pair this wine in front of a uh, Loire River, close to a chateau so, or, uh, or a castle. So I think that this one is uh, an unpretentious wine. It's very low-key. It's not a... Muscadet doesn't want to, to brag, doesn't want to show the um, flamboyant aspect of uh, a oaky Chardonnay or uh, the aromatic notes of a Riesling. This wine is very low-key, it's very humble wine, but perfect when you are uh, eating these uh, uh, raw oysters in front of uh, Loire River. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, the other thing, Ricardo, I, I like about this wine, for those of us, and I think people who come to your shop are similar, we talk about that journey, wanting to explore. This is a really, one, delicious, but it's a fun wine that if you're going to a dinner with some friends that are wine people, to pick up this bottle and take it and let them experience this, that's a cool thing to do with your wine friends. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this one can be part uh, of a wine journey, wine one flight, especially if uh, you are uh, progressing. If you are starting uh, with uh, something uh, easy drinking, uh, fantastic. This one uh, can be perfect uh, as an aperitif. A lot of people uh, here, especially, they don't want to start uh, like uh, for, uh, for bubbles, uh, like a champagne or cremant or prosecco at the beginning. Uh, most of people, they want to, to finish with the, with the bubbles uh, to to have a kind of a palate cleanser. So if you are uh, on uh, this, uh, uh, you like this uh, view, you like this, this way to, to do a dinner or a tasting, start with uh, a Muscadet because uh, Muscadet is uh, a type of wine that uh, is so easy uh, at the beginning and uh, raw oysters uh, and uh, mussels uh, or uh, like uh, sushi also I'm, th I'm thinking about uh, mm, something uh, type of uh, lean type of fish is uh, absolutely uh, a stellar uh, pairing okay fun wine really cool wine but now let's go into the rest of the whites that we might find in the Loire Valley uh, obviously you mentioned Sancerre but let's dive a little deeper people hear you say that they may not understand the grape that is used yes. to make that wine. Yes. And then the other wines using that same grape. Yes. Um, first of all, if you want to know about uh, the association uh, appellation and grape variety, unfortunately, in France, uh, you have to study that uh, that specific uh, appellation is, uh, really, uh, is uh, uh, connected with a specific type of uh, grape variety. First of all, uh, um, one uh, of the most exciting white wine you can find in the Loire Valley is also Chenin Blanc. And the Chenin Blanc, uh, the production is 90% uh, of the production uh, is uh, done in uh, Loire Valley, but also in uh, South Africa, yeah. where uh, some decades ago was called uh, as a steen. Um, Chenin Blanc, uh, you can find in uh, uh, Savenier. Savignere, uh, me and Rob, we love Savignere because yes. uh, it's all about uh, volcanic soil. It's uh, located in Anjou-Samur. That is uh, one of the um, other sub-region in Loire Valley. And then, I'm sorry if I didn't explain at the beginning, but Loire Valley is uh, 1,000 kilometers. It's uh, 650 miles. So it's very long uh, river and a long valley. So the wine region is divided in for five different uh, sub-appellation that uh, are pretty easy to remember because uh, you starting from the western part that is uh, uh, Nantes, Pais Nantes, associated with the Savignard, uh, sorry, the um, uh, Muscadet and uh, the Melon de Bourgogne that we uh, just uh, drank. Then you are moving on the town of Anjou and over there you have the wine region of Anjou-Samour that is famous for rosé, sparkling wine. Then you are moving to the city of Tours that is famous for Touraine and then over there you have Chinon, you have Vouvray white wine Vouvray that is associated with the Chenin Blanc and also Chinon like red but red is a different conversation we are approaching later and then you are moving to the central vineyards or central part of Loire Valley uh, on the, around the town of Orléans and uh, in Orléans over there you have Sancerre associated with Sauvignon Blanc but also Pinot Noir because Sancerre don't forget that uh, is uh, a very eclectic appellation because you have the rosé from Pinot Noir the red from Pinot Noir and the white from Sauvignon Blanc that's it I mean 50 appellation they are uh, a lot so it's very diverse one region but uh, there are, uh, on my radar, uh, there are Chenin Blanc <laughs> and Muscadet, for sure, uh, like uh, great uh, white uh, wines. But also... Uh, Mention the other, the other Sauvignon Blanc you can get, the Puy Fumé. The Puy Fumé. Puy Fumé, that is very confusing, uh, because a Puy Fumé is uh, 
uh, across uh, the, the river uh, from the other side of uh, uh, Sancerre. Yeah. And then in Puyfume, you can find the same level of quality of Sancerre, but uh, a better price. But don't confuse it with the Puy Fusset. Yeah. And Puy Fusset is located in uh, Burgundy, and uh, over there you have Chardonnay. So don't go in uh, rest. I mean, if you come in here, I'm asking Puy Fusset or uh, and say I want a Sauvignon Blanc. I mean, no, no problem. I, I, <laughs> I can tell you, yes, we have. A, we, we, I can correct you, but it's not a big deal. No, it's complicated. I, I'll tell you, I get confused sometimes. Yeah. I mean, saying yeah. it, I have to yeah. think for a second. Okay, which one am I talking about again? But yeah. to your point, I wanted to bring that one up because it, it's a delicious wine, and I think it punches up. To your point of. You know, yes. what you're getting as far as quality for what you're paying for it. I think uh, if you can find those wines, the Polifume, you know, definitely explore and try those too because you can really get some bang for your buck wines. Absolutely. Those. And uh, uh, my, uh, my goal is uh, to offer people great quality at great price because uh, I don't like to talk uh, about, uh, I, I mean, uh, Mm, Burgundy, yeah, amazing. Uh, Bordeaux, fantastic. Uh, Brunello Montalcino, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but these wines uh, that we are talking today, me and Rob, are wines of thirty dollars uh, per bottle. So it's a great value, great quality price ratio for uh, for these uh, for these wines. And by the way, you can uh, have uh, amazing Muscadet and Melon de Bourgogne at $20, starting at yeah. $20. So. I just want to mention real quick, as we're talking about whites, a little bit about the sparkling before we transition to reds. What are they using to make their sparkling whites and their rosés and things yeah. like that if people are looking for them? Uh, it's very diverse uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, in uh, France and also in uh, Loire Valley, but they are using mostly uh, Cabernet Franc and um, Gamay, to do uh, sparkling uh, rosé. So people are saying, for real? We have a gamay? Also in Loire Valley? Yeah, we have a gamay. It's not uh, only in uh, Beaujolais, but we have an um, amazing uh, gamay, sometimes blended also with Pinot Noir, and uh, they are doing uh, compelling uh, steel rosé and uh, amazing uh, Cremant de Loire. This is uh, the name of the appellation you can find in uh, France. Then, uh, well, yeah. I, want, I want to just say when they hear Cremant, just so you know if you don't, that's a sparkling wine made in the champagne method. So you can understand that it has that second fermentation in bottle. So when you're reading that label and you see Cremant, you can know that means it's made in the same method as champagne. Correct. Cremant, uh, first of all, uh, is not uh, uh, a place... Uh, only in Loire Valley, because in France you can have Cremant de Loire, Cremant de Burgundy, Alsace, Alsace, uh, Bordeaux. So, but Cremant, like uh, Rob said, is uh, means a traditional method, sparkling, because uh, as at the same level of quality uh, of a champagne, because champagne is a different wine region that they are doing, uh, they are adopting the same winemaking technique in uh, Cremant de, de Loire, but uh, Cremant de Loire doesn't have uh, the same... Uh, uh, it's price tag? Glamorous. It's not <laughs> oh, glamorous yeah. like uh, Champagne. Well, price tag too, and that was my main reason for bringing it up, because when you think about Cremant, you know, because of that method, it, it takes more time. It, it takes yes. more effort that, you know, to, to do this. There's more cost involved, uh, but the result for us as a consumer on the bottle it's quite a bit less than what you are going to pay for a bottle of champagne. And, you know, as we've explored France and the different regions with Cremant, you can get some outstanding, stunning wines for, you know, $35 and less that are beautiful. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I would say that we have in the, in the, in the shop uh, some wines uh, around uh, $23, $24 that are uh, Cremante de Loire, Cremante de, de Bourgogne. So pretty, pretty amazing the, the level of quality that these uh, small producers uh, they can uh, offer to, to consumers. Uh, because, uh, I mean, champagne uh, is pretty, pretty amazing. It's very toasty, creamy. It depends what type of a Blanc de Blanc uh, uh, you are uh, drinking. 
But uh, you have to shell out, uh, I mean, at least, uh, uh, I would say, 60 bucks. Yeah. And especially if uh, it's a champagne, it's a vintage champagne, even more, probably around 80, 90 bucks uh, with the Cremant de Loire. So you can buy uh, 10 bottles uh, instead <laughs> yeah. of uh, one. <laughs> yeah, and it's a great point when you say buy 10 bottles, because if you're, if you're having a, a wedding or a special event or something where you need to, uh, you want to have bubbles to celebrate or toast with the crowd... It's a great. It's a great option. I'll yeah, on. I mean, uh, one of my best buddy uh, got married uh, in 2020, and he asked me uh, a Jeroboam, a big bottle of a champagne. And uh, honestly, uh, it's not a great uh, quality price ratio because uh, at that point, for a big bottle of a champagne, you are paying uh, for the glass. Uh, you're not paying for the for the juice so yeah. be ready to spend around the $1,000 if you want a big format of a champagne he ordered the Louis Roederer that was was amazing it was outstanding but it's kind of expensive yeah okay I do want to ask you brought up you know Gamay and you brought up Pinot Noir yes and, and we talk about you know the Loire Valley is this cooler climate so those kind of grapes make sense Cap Franc you know grows well in a cooler yes. climate correct people might be listening going Why not Chardonnay? Why is there no Chardonnay there? Because uh, this is uh, probably the main uh, rule when uh, you are talking about uh, the appellation system in France, in Italy, in Spain, that were uh, the pioneer states that they started with these uh, um, appellations. So in Loire Valley is a cooler climate. And over there, Chardonnay uh, doesn't have uh, the same type of uh, soil terroir that you can find also in Burgundy. In Burgundy, you have uh, rolling hills. You are uh, driving the, um, the, 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 the road that is dividing the, the Burgundy, and you can see these uh, hills that are 500-600 meters. Basically, in Loire Valley, It's kind of flat because uh, the highest uh, elevation for uh, uh, Sancerre, Le Mont, uh, Mont d'Anne, Le Mont d'Anne is uh, 400 meters of elevation. So it's kind of uh, low. I mean, if you go to Painante over there, it's kind of uh, flat. So Chardonnay doesn't perform uh, pretty well. Also, um, It's cooler. Cabernet Franc needs a cooler climate. Cabernet Sauvignon needs a warmer climate. And then for this reason, you can find more in, uh, in Bordeaux. So every grape variety needs the specific terroir, the specific climate, and the specific elevation. So these are part of the terroir. Terroir is not, is not just the soil. It's uh, a complex uh, topic that is involving uh, different uh, aspect. Yeah, and when we talk about, you know, Tuar and climate, you know, when people hear climate, it's it's what is generally what is the weather is like in that region for a vintage. Uh, there's exceptions to that. You know, you have a, a colder year, you have a warmer vintage. Absolutely. And now winemakers and, you know, how long fruit hangs on the vine, all these different things play into when they're going to harvest and what that wine's going to express in the bottle that year. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. It's, uh, it's like that. And especially um, right now, the grape variety that uh, we discuss, like also Muscadet, I would say that uh, it's kind of consistent. Consistent means uh, that you have a lot of up and down, especially you have a more extreme weather right now, nowadays. Especially you can see in uh, Houston. <laughs> in yeah. Houston, for three months, we had uh, um, triple digits weather with the drought. And also this winter is kind of cold. So, I mean, it's colder here than in my hometown in, in Italy. So very, we are approaching to something that's very extreme. So you have to use the right grape varieties like Muscadet that is consistent for frost and also for warmer winters well let, let's make the transition and dive into the red wines Absolutely. of the Loire Valley and, and the king there for me I think for most people would be the uh, Cab Franc talk a little bit about how important this grape is uh, and what I mean by that is the history of this grape you know it's not just a wine from uh, the Loire Valley when you think when you think Bordeaux how important Cab Franc is in Bordeaux When you think Cabernet Sauvignon, that wine, this is the parent. This is the daddy to that wine to make it what it is. And Merlot, it's, it's the papa with 
with that wine as well. So a long history, a long tradition of this being, you know, either part of or uh, included in the wines that we drink to make them as great as they are. This is a great argument uh, that uh, you, Rob, uh, brought out because uh, Cabernet Franc, uh, first of all, uh, is uh, <laughs> originally is from uh, uh, Bordeaux. Uh, you can see a lot of a Cabernet Franc, but like uh, a blending partner. Because uh, if you go in uh, the most important uh, winery in uh, Rye Bank in Saint-Emilion, uh, that is a Cheval Blanc, uh, over there you have the Merlot that is uh, blended with a lot of a Cabernet Franc. But the Cabernet Franc uh, over there in uh, Bordeaux is completely different from uh, the uh, Cabernet Franc that uh, we, are, uh, test- we are going to taste uh, today and uh, we can find in... Um, Uh, in Loire Valley. First of all, Cabernet Franc uh, is uh, related uh, as uh, uh, the parents uh, are uh, Merlot and also is related uh, with uh, uh, Carmener uh, um, and uh, originally is, uh, was, was born uh, in uh, Basque country in northern part of Spain because Cabernet Franc uh, is related, uh, it's probably the same with Ondarrabi Belsa This is uh, a Basque uh, grape variety, so I'm talking uh, in a Basque uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, language. Onda Rabi Belsa is uh, the same of a Cabernet Franc. So originally it's uh, from uh, that, uh, that part. But also we can find a lot of Cabernet Franc in Italy. That is uh, the second largest uh, producer of a Cabernet Franc. In fact, uh, the Super Toscan um, Ornellaia, Ornellaia used on the blend also Cabernet Franc and in Argentina in Argentina we have a superb type of Cabernet Franc that are full bodied that can compete with Malbec but this wine that we are going to to drink and taste is completely different so let's talk about you know when you have a Cab Franc from Loire Valley what are you getting because people I think a lot of times you know Is this a, a red fruit kind of wine when they think Cab Franc? Because you think Cabernet Sauvignon or Merlot, you might go more the darker fruits. What would you, is a typical, I know it can be a little bit different depending yeah. on producer and vintage, but what is a typical profile of a Cab Franc? The profile, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's try to avoid uh, the analysis from the color. Then we can talk also about the color, but the profile is uh, mostly uh, raspberry, strawberry, the fruit, And then uh, you have uh, other aromas uh, like uh, green bell pepper. Then you have uh, the, the tobacco, cigar tobacco. Uh, but also you have uh, um, pencil, pencil lead. Um, some graphite. Graphite. Yeah. You have a graphite. Uh, and then also you have uh, some uh, uh, dried leaves. Uh, you have also some uh, cured meat. Um, the black pepper is more... Uh, associated with the, the, the Syrah. So here, uh, I would say, on Cabernet Franc, you have uh, more uh, the freshness of, of the fruit and um, a lot of uh, uh, red and purple fruit because uh, you can see from, also from the color. Oh, yeah. Well, this is going to be something different that we're going to try, which is going to oh, be yeah. cool from Cap Franc. Uh, let's talk a little bit, just real quick, the structure of the wine. When we start talking about acidity and tannins, if we think cooler wine region, we think tannins might be a little bit softer. Uh, we think the acidity might be a little bit higher. Yes, Absolutely. The, the acidity is pretty high on uh, Cabernet Franc and uh, the tannins uh, are uh, softer but uh, um, and doesn't have the same tannins, uh, for example, of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon because uh, it's related to Cabernet Sauvignon but Cabernet Sauvignon is very tannic. In your mouth uh, is uh, kind of grippy. So at that point you want uh, a big steak. So, yeah. But in this case, uh, pairing food is probably, you want something uh, uh, easier, like a charcuterie. There charcuterie you go. board is fantastic. <laughs> well, this, uh, you know, I love this bottle. Very simple label, but cool oh, yeah. bottle, and, and it screams Coca-Cola to me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Finally, after, uh, I would say, three years, I bought, uh, uh, again, this, uh, this wine. is a Hurlu Berlu. Urlu Berlu is the name of the wine. It's produced by Sebastian David. This uh, 
young uh, mm, winemaker. I mean, younger. I mean, he's uh, approaching to to fifty this year. But this wine is uh, um, fully carbonic, macerated Cabernet Franc. So we discussed about uh, a winemaking technique under the first white that was a surly, that uh, aging on the lease. This one uh, is uh, carbonic macerated. That means uh, the uh, fermentation uh, uh, starting uh, in a different way. They are taking the, f- uh, the whole bunch of grapes in a stainless steel tank and then they are pumping CO2 to start an intracellular fermentation. So for this reason, you have some uh, notes of uh, bubblegum, slightly cinnamon. uh, So why? Why they they are using this one to uh, tame the tannins and uh, to give uh, a a fruitier approach to the wine. But uh, besides the technique, immediately you can smell the, the real characteristic of a Cabernet Franc that is uh, pretty aromatic it's very aromatic I, I like it because I on this wine I get that sense of place meaning not only the fruit and everything that you yes. get on it but the soils come out to me on the nose on this one a little bit as Correct. well Correct. and then uh, it's interesting because uh, if uh, we are making an analysis of this wine you can see that uh, on uh, the back label uh, the appellation is uh, generic von de France that means uh, Sebastian David the winemaker doesn't uh, respecting the rules uh, to have an appellation uh, of uh, because uh, he, this guy is originally from uh, uh, Bourgogne and uh, Bourgogne is located in uh, Touraine so over there uh, you have uh, uh, you, you can't uh, probably doing the carbonic maceration to have the appellation of the, of the, the terroir so for this region, reason is a generic appellation of on the France and uh, uh, this is a, a perfect glue-glue uh, wine they are calling in this way, glue-glue because uh, you are uh, uh, drinking uh, when, oh. when uh, you are... Uh, it goes down easy, it's a porch pounder as we call it. It's porch pounder it, it, yeah. so this one uh, and uh, we slightly chilled uh, this wine not, not like a white wine but it's a 55 Fahrenheit because uh, it's more uh, enjoyable uh, especially when in front of you you have the right type of food because in this case the the home run is to have some smoky type of meat and I would say why not a Texan barbecue oh, heck for yeah. for this one yeah absolutely I mean uh, I already kind of tasted it and put it on the palate I mean this is uh, just a beautiful wine I mean just very refreshing and bright and uh, good acidity correct very bright. soft tannins. I mean, uh, to your point of you can just sit back and drink this? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, this one uh, is um, different uh, from uh, other uh, red wines uh, that you can find uh, over, over there. So this one is very uh, cutting edge. It's very uh, different. Uh, it's, a, it's an outlier on, uh, on this uh, part of uh, France. It's uh, easy. I mean, to me... Uh, I, I'm thinking about a picnic uh, with a good group of friends uh, and uh, drinking uh, unpretentious wine, uh, stuff that uh, can uh, transmit uh, kind of a joy, joy of life. Uh, this is not a complicated wine. This is not uh, uh, difficult to, to, to understand. No, it's not super complex. It's not, you know, but it's still, uh, it's one you can just sit around and drink and enjoy. But if you do want to pause and take a minute and just kind of enjoy it, it, it still has some depth to it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and also here, the, 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 the terroir, the soil is kind of different from, from the, the first, first wine. Here you have a more white, white soil. You have a, it's more associated to tufo, to, to limestone, just because the, the composition of the, the, the soil is, is completely different. And people might hear you talk about the, the maceration of the wine, uh, the carbon. You're, you're, there are no bubbles. You know, if you're thinking, man, am I going to pour this and it's almost like a sparkling? Yes. It's not. Yes. Uh, it's still 
uh, how would you? It's just I don't yeah. want to call it this, this, still wine. This wine uh, spent uh, 25 days, uh, 25 days in uh, fully carbonic maceration, and then uh, the, the the maceration in general after the the carbonic is uh, keep going because uh, most of the people uh, they are uh, um, doing a foot foot uh, trotting, so they are uh, keep uh, fermenting with the the, the, the feet. Yeah. In an open vessel after the the carbonic, so it's very it's very unique. It's very cool. Uh, but also this producer, uh, besides uh, uh, Urlu Berlu, that is uh, the entry level, uh, is doing uh, uh, Kezako, uh, that is uh, another t- type of Cabernet Franc, but is uh, more uh, traditional uh, in uh, in style and also more expensive uh, because uh, this one uh, we are talking about a bottle of uh, thirty three dollars. Uh, that is good value. The other one is a little bit uh, higher in price. <laughs> I love the fruit on this, too. I mean, the raspberry to me is just yeah. delicious. Yeah. With the, I'm getting just a hint of red cherry behind it. Cherry, cherry, yeah. cherry yeah. raspberry, uh, strawberry. Is, um, bramble, bramble, bramble fruit. It's kind of cool. And, uh, and I think it's good to know when you're a wine drinker, you know, what types of wines are going to give what kind of fruit, that profile. Because there's times I'm in the mood for, I want some red fruit. And there's other times, you know, you want dark fruit for whatever reason. And knowing, you know, what wines, you know, Cap Francs and Cabernets and what they're going to give you kind of helps you make a decision, a choice on what you want to drink each evening. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you probably, I mean, I like uh, to buy a bottle of wine and then decided what type of food I wanted to associate. So. For me, the food uh, is uh, in a secondary position compared to the to the wine, and uh, for uh, for real, uh, this one uh, I'm thinking something uh, smoky and salty. Yeah. And then uh, you are uh, thirsty. Yeah. Give me more. Give me more. So I think that uh, this one is a great wine to 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 share with a group of friends. Okay, that's Cab Franc. That's the star of the Loire Valley. Let's let's dive into some of the other wines and let's start with Pinot Noir because. I came in last week, and I was just looking for a nice Pinot Noir. Sandra and I were going to have a dinner, and I wanted a Pinot with it. And uh, you yes. recommended a Pinot from the Loire Valley. And yes. my wife can tell you, she, I didn't tell her what it was or where it was from when I opened it and poured it for her. She was just blown away with how good this was. So, yeah, we, uh, me and Rob, we chose um, a, a wine for uh, Sandra. And uh, basically, we, we picked uh, something from uh, Rulli. A uh, Rulli is uh, in a central vineyard, is uh, the uh, neighbor of uh, Sancerre, and uh, it's famous uh, to do outstanding uh, Pinot Noir, uh, but, uh, I mean, guys, again, uh, the, the same importer, uh, Kermit, Kermit Lynch, and uh, this wine uh, is uh, fantastic because uh, it probably is, is a little bit uh, greener compared to uh, Burgundy. In Burgundy, you have a different profile, more, uh, more floral, more uh, roses, uh, roses petals. Uh, this one is uh, probably a little bit uh, more uh, herbal, uh, herbal tones, uh, I would say. But um, re- really is doing a, a great example of a Pinot Noir. And I, I bring it up because, you know, to the point of Burgundy, yeah, it's a, it's a little different profile than Burgundy. But when, when, you're, when you're somebody who just likes Pinot Noir, and Burgundy, you know, the prices are getting where they are, can get very, very expensive. Well, there's a few, you know, Appalachians in Burgundy. You, can, you know, the Chalonnais, I think, still has some good value there. Yeah. Uh, but when you look around the world and you go, where can I find good Pinot Noir at, at a good value? $29 for the one we're talking about. Correct. I mean, you, you can't beat that for yes. a, a Pinot Noir that, I mean, I, it punches up. I asked my wife, what would you pay for this? And she was like, 70 bucks. You know, I'd be happy with that. I told her 29 She goes, did you buy more than one? <laughs> yes, yeah. because uh, we needed to be... Uh, I think that people that are deciding to drink wines uh, from Loire Valley are uh, savvy drinkers. They want to find the, the deal, and uh, I think that uh, some uh, wine uh, villages uh, in Loire Valley can uh, offer a uh, uh, great example about, uh, about these grape varieties. So we can find some Pinot Noir. We, we obviously can get all the Cap Franc we want from there. Uh, I think Chinon is one of the big ones that you might see. So when you're out at a wine shop, you're not going to see Cap Franc on the label. You no. have to know that you're in Correct. the Loire Valley. And then there's certain 
words yes. that you'll so, to your point earlier. Keep uh, keep in mind uh, these uh, these appellations uh, if you want to drink uh, great uh, Cabernet Franc, like for example uh, Chinon, uh, San Nicolas de Bourgogne, Bourgogne is uh, another uh, perfect example. And uh, yeah, and then uh, you are uh, you are happy, but probably Chinon. Uh, is uh is very good but also there is uh, anjou uh anjou is uh, another uh, uh, sub region again uh, when uh, i started uh, to describe this uh, sub appellation uh, anjou is uh, closer to the western uh, part uh, Touraine is uh, on the east side and over there uh, you have chinon uh, but uh, this is uh, the area that is uh, Famous for uh, amazing uh, Cabernet, Cabernet at, at great values. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, you mentioned Gamay. Are we going to find anything bottled Gamay from? Can you find that, or is that kind of more of a for the sparkling and, and for blending? Uh, and, or do you find that Gamay? Yes, we have a Gamay. Do you we, really? We have a we have a bottle of, of uh, um, it's twenty six dollars. Uh, is a is a great producer over there. Is a my opinion uh, compared to the Beaujolais area is a different uh, type of wine is uh, in it's more similar to Cabernet Franc so you have a more uh, the uh, purple fruit you have a more uh, the the tobacco you have a more uh, minerality on uh, the, the Beaujolais you can find in Loire Valley instead uh, in uh, Beaujolais it's important uh, to know if the wine is coming from a specific crew appellation, because you know in in Beaujolais you have ten different yeah. crews, and every village in Beaujolais has a specific characteristic. But and also Beaujolais is famous for to do like the first time. Mm, the carbonic maceration. Oh, okay. So also Marcella Pierre is uh, pretty famous uh, to do glue glue wines. When you so. when you said Beaujolais and famous, I thought you were going to say Beaujolais Nouveau. Beaujolais, no, 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 no. <laughs> Beaujolais Nouveau is uh, <laughs> no, thank you. something popular in the seventies and the eighties. Uh, yeah. Super uh, gummy bear driven. Uh, well, uh, so. Americans, I think uh, who who. Thanksgiving, you see that just correct, pop up. Correct, yeah, yeah. But I think that the culinary um, experience of American consumers, American chefs, uh, improved a lot. Oh, because yeah. right now I can see amazing uh, type of uh, uh, turkey yeah. that uh, they are deep frying. Uh, so it's not dry like in the right. 70s. So when uh, the turkey was so dry, you needed uh, something like uh, almost uh, a, a juice. Yeah, <laughs> it was almost like grape and, juice. And yeah. Beaujolais Nouveau was uh, that type of wine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Loire Valley, any other reds that we need to talk about before we start to close out this episode? We... Um, Covered them all? I think that y- you can find also some Cabernet Sauvignon over there. They are using to do... Rosé, but uh, beside that, uh, I have uh, another producer, uh, and then uh, we are um, displaying on the, on, on the shop uh, Grollo. Grollo, G R O L L E A U, and is uh, another grape variety that is uh, very easy drinking, super light in uh, in color. Red fruit again? Red fruit. Red okay. fruit, uh, brimming uh, red fruit. Uh, but uh, in this case, uh, almost uh, looks like uh, a dark uh, rosé. <laughs> so, but that one is um, a supporting partner, uh, I, I think, uh, on the wine scene of uh, Loire Valley. Because uh, Loire Valley, mostly you have the, 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 the Pinot, the Pinot Noir, the Cabernet Franc, uh, and then for the white, uh, Chenin Blanc, uh, and uh, Sauvignon Blanc, and uh, the, the Muscadet. Yeah, Melombi. Well, I would say if you if you haven't been drinking and exploring the Loire Valley, you absolutely need to go. You know, check these out. If you're in the Houston area, come by Vincenzo. You have a great uh, selection from the Loire Valley over Thank a, a you. diverse Thank selection you. of wines that you can go through and, and experience and enjoy. Absolutely, it's a, it's our passion. We we want to offer something uh, that is really niche boutique. Uh, we can't compete. Uh, with the big names uh, so 
So people are coming here because uh, are tired to to drink the same type of wine. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, Ricardo, thanks so much for coming on today and, and doing the episode, having a conversation about the Loire Valley. Thank you very much, uh, Rob. Thanks for the invitation, and uh, you are a great uh, host. And I look forward to having you on again. We'll talk some more wines from around the world. Absolutely. It will Thank- be my pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Food, Wine, and Whiskey. And until our next episode, enjoy your next pour.